Welcome. Yesterday, we started a discussion about very important subjects. It's the macro view of the first, the universe, when we talk about the ages, but the universe as it relates to the earth. We talked about what an age is. It is the period of time from one major geologic change in the earth's surface to the next one. We talked about there is an antediluvian age, which is uh, before the flood, that deluge that covers the whole earth and changes the uh, structure and complexion of the earth. Uh, then we talked about the present age that we're in ever since that deluge. That will go to um, the next major geological change, which according to the Apostle Peter is the earth will be renovated by fire. Now, in both of these, these cases, these definitions of ages match and agree with the scientific definition of what an age is. And then there is the age of ages, which is after the next renovation. Um, and within that period of time, there are ways that God has dealt with man. We have called these dispensations. Um, somebody says, well, is this dispensationalism? Well, we say no, because dispensationalism, as people know it, is something that has come out of the evangelical movement and carries what we as apostolic Pentecostals would consider to be um, evangelical baggage, which we do not believe. There's doctrines there we do not believe. So we do not use dispensationalism as our phrase. Uh, we say a dispensational reading of Scripture. And um, before it's over, I would, I would contend gently and kindly and sweetly that um, there, there is nobody that believes the Bible, who does not believe in a dispensational reading. And before it's over, we want to tell you why we say that. Now, that's going to be down the line here a little ways, but we will get there. Why do we say that? We are going to take every single thing that can be thought of by you or us, if you will respond to us, uh, about the weaknesses of dispensationalism as has been brought to us by uh, evangelicalism. We are going to, we're going to discuss each of those things. We're going to go through those things. When we get through, what is our ultimate goal? Our ultimate goal is to have an apostolic Pentecostal hermeneutic about ages, dispensations, and covenants. That's where we're going. And uh, that I know of at this point, there is no, there is no such thing. But I do know that there are a lot of people that that are seeking to find an apostolic Pentecostal hermeneutic uh, that would that would explain or contextualize the things we're talking about here. Now, some people think that's going to happen by the death of dispensational discussion completely. Others already have an alternate idea that maybe we will talk about a little bit today, and that is covenant theology, which is something that is different than a dispensational reading of Scripture. Um, even though there are covenants that yesterday uh, Pastor Wilbanks covered uh, just briefly and named them, and they all these covenants oftentimes kick off a dispensation, or they are always they're going to be embedded somewhere almost in every dispensation. So uh, we talked about that a little bit yesterday. If you if you if 
you didn't hear that, go back, archive yesterday, get that one, pick it up, bring it over to where we are today. I would like to, I would like, gentlemen, just, um, uh, we may, we may, yesterday I said we may step off in a mud hole here, but um, uh, there, people are confused when you say covenant theology because they know that there are these major covenants in the Bible. Now, let me just stop to say there are, there are dozens, uh, at least many covenants in the Bible. So when we talk about these eight covenants, we are talking about the eight primary foundational covenants upon which God's dealings with man are based. There's covenants with people here and covenants with, but I'm talking about, we're talking about the major covenants. So, so what is the relationship of these covenants, these eight major covenants that are obvious in scripture and that everybody agrees with that I know of? I mean, I don't know if anybody doesn't agree with, with these covenants, but what is the, what is the difference in that and the thing that's called covenant theology or covenantal theology? Can we just, uh, we don't want to get hung up here, but can we at least address it as we go by? Sure. Uh, covenant theology in classic covenantal theology um, has basic, it has two covenants. Uh, prior to the fall of man, um, at the very beginning of Genesis, it's called the covenant of works uh, that uh, Adam and Eve are involved in the covenant of works after the fall of man uh, in classic covenantal theology. And there's some variations, but this is, this is uh, what I would call the mainstream coming out of the covenant of works after the fall, you have the covenant of grace. Don't you have, don't you that, have <clears throat> also in there, while some people doesn't talk about it much, there's a third covenant in that, isn't there? The covenant of what, what do they call it? The covenant of redemption. Yes. And the correct, the covenant of redemption that, that's, is, is, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I mean, to us that do not do Godhead work mathematically, it is a puzzling right. covenant. But yes, um, well, I, I think that part of the it, you obviously have progressive covenantalism. Yes, you also have what I would say when you talk about redemption, classic covenantal theology believes that the overall purpose of God is redemption, which is a vast yes. distinction between classical or even progressive dispensationalism is as a dispensationalist, I'll use an old word. Uh, I don't believe that the purpose of God in totality is redemption. Covenant theology right. does for dispensationalist our apostolic dispensa dispensational reading. We see the ultimate purpose of God, not in redemption, but in the glory of God. And so that's one of the distinctions that is there uh, in those two covenants that overall purpose, they would say, is is redemption. Yeah, we believe in redemption, but there's a process yes. much deeper than redemption that's been at work. Mm, very interesting. Also, so redemption is go ahead is a major feature. I, I I apologize. Redemption is a major feature, but it fits inside that the whole the idea of the glorification of of God. Did I understand you correctly, Brother Young? Yeah. And I think one of the one of the powerful scriptures is found in Romans nine twenty two, and uh, you you just kind of put all of the 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 progress since uh, creation 
into the ages. There's one of the topics we've been talking about is Romans 9, 22, God willing to show his wrath, making known his power, endured with much long suffering, the vessels of wrath fitted for destruction that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. So everything yeah. we see working, there's more than redemption at play. Redemption is a way he reveals his glory. But, but before right. there was ever a fall, God had purpose. I mean, we mm -hmm. could get into a whole discussion in ages past, ages to come. What was going on in planet Earth? Before there was ever a fall, God has purpose. And when the earth is redeemed, very good. There is a purpose yet to be fulfilled yes. in what you mentioned yesterday, the eternal state. So uh, redemption will have already been taken care of, but everything's not done then. Then we're right. going to the purpose of the increase of his government. There shall be no end. You know, what does it mean when it says the stars are going to sing? I have no idea what that means, but I can tell you it's not about redeeming stars. It's about expanding his glory. Well, Correct. yeah, that's good. And it's, and it's very good <clears throat> when you say before there was a fall, God already had a purpose for the earth, obviously, and for Adam, uh, which, which that ultimate purpose then would encompass redemption. But it wasn't only redemption because there was nothing to be redeemed before the fall. Correct. Uh, I, now, I do find it uh, a, a little bit um, odd the way this redemption covenant is put together because the covenant of redemption, as I understand it, in classic covenantalism, is a covenant between the Father and the Son in the Godhead. And it is a covenant that the Son makes with the Father. The Father sends the Son, but the Son will go and do the work of redemption and then, uh, and then will return back to heaven. So it, it's, a, it's a covenant that has nothing to do with us except that we are the byproduct of that covenant, uh, that, that the redemption would take place between um, uh, the Father and the Son. Which is also problematic because there's a lot of assumption that has to be embraced there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because none of that is in Scripture. Absolutely. So in, right. fact, in fact, would it be safe to say none of the, and covenant, Theologians admit this, that that none of covenant theology uh, of these three covenants is found in Scripture. I mean, they'll admit it in their in their writings. That it's Certainly published. not plain stated. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not it's not spelled out. There is no place where there is a there is God speaking and giving this particular covenant as an overarching um, uh, a covenant for mankind. So. And there, the whole idea that there was a covenant of works before the fall and then a covenant of grace after the fall or faith after the fall mm -hmm. uh, is just sh shrouded in all kinds of ambiguity. I mean, uh, when you try to find in Scripture uh, a place where that is a covenant. So anyway, that's the way it seems to me. I don't know. Maybe you have more to say on that that, that can help us. Can Maybe I could just add this in fairness uh, to covenant theologians, and I know I know several of them and have had conversations with them. Uh, that classic has those two covenants, and then some of them have added the covenant of redemption, which you've talked about. Then there is new covenant theology, which has four. 
and then there's progressive, which Brother Young talked about. The pro- the I say the problem, none of them deal with covenants the way we would want to deal with covenants. Um, none of them deal with covenants um, as features that fit within a narrative. They are they are um, well, they don't even deal with the eight that we listed. So that's that's part of our. That's part of the difficulty that we run into with covenant theology. So we do, and I'm, I know we're restating, what we want is an apostolic hermeneutic that deals with interpreting a narrative with the major features of covenant in them. Okay, uh, well, let's just look at dispensations here uh, uh, as briefly as possible, but that is a pretty hard thing to just do briefly. Um, and uh, can somebody just talk about maybe the first one or two and let's get let's get them out there for all the people that don't even know what we're talking about when we talk about a dispensational reading of scripture or seven dispensations, uh, here's a brief overview. So why don't we just start with that? You want to start? Okay. Yeah. I, I think it's important that I, I don't think we have to be afraid of, uh, of the word dispensation. It's a biblical word. And when we talk about dispensation and I know you've already covered this, you and brother Wilbanks have covered this, but basically a dispensation is, the management of an economy. Our English word economy comes from the very same word that uh, the word dispensation comes from. Uh, and, and so this is the way that God has managed his sovereign will in times our economies, if you will, the way he has appropriated or has managed uh, and the roles that we play, there's responsibilities, there's obedience, there has been testing, there's been failure, and then there's judgment. We could carry all those commonalities. Well, and what happens is I think it's important that we make some distinctions. And, and we're talking about an apostolic reading uh, of dispensations into Scripture. Uh, and, and all of us, I, I, yesterday, I think it was, Dr. Wilson, you were you were making reference that everybody believes in, in a dispensational reading And let me give you an example of that. We all understand that God manages or his economy has functioned differently. For for example, let's look at uh, before the flood. You were talking about that epic yesterday. Before the flood, there was no punishment for murder. But after the flood, the sovereign will of God is different. So now the law of capital punishment is instituted. So no matter what you want to call yourself, you have to admit things were different in this time, our age or season, our economy, call it whatever you want. Don't don't get hung up in the weeds. But in this season or whatever you want to call it, economy, it was different. Another Mm -hmm. example of that is that under Mosaic law, adultery was punishable by death. But then under grace, it's not that way. There's repentance. So here we have a very visible moral situation. And you have to admit how God managed that, how in that economy, something is different. And if we were to get into eschatology, we're going to see things unfold in the future that are very different then in scripture than they are now. So call it what you want. Put it in whatever label you want to put it in. You have to admit there is a difference in the management and the oversight of the family, if you yep. will, uh, of the household. Good. Uh, and I think it's also important that we don't that we that we clarify 
uh, like one thing. I, we are often accused, and I think this is important that we we try to to bring clarity to this dispensation discussion with an app, uh, a dispensational reading. Is uh, you hear the term people people use terms they don't really understand, and and we're accused of being hyper dispensationalist. Uh, and sometimes they say that just because it's, you know, it's, it's a phrase to use, but there is actually a, a real idea of what hyper dispensationalism is. And it was actually begun by a guy by the name of E.W. Bullinger, uh, who was an Anglican in the 1800s. And uh, he, he actually believed he was so into these distinctions and dispensational. He didn't believe that the church actually started until after the close of the book of Acts. Now, there was a lot of problems there because some of those gospels were written, uh, John and Mark were written after the book of Acts, but there's a whole group of people that are hyper, like they really believe this idea. So before you throw the label of hyper dispensationalism, there is a very real understanding of what hyper dispensationalism is. And uh, it actually believes that Peter and Paul preached to two different dispensations and they were preaching two different messages that is not that's an example we're going to get into in yeah. the future of of what we do not believe yeah very and good. those are the the problems when we talk about an apostolic reading a dispensational reading of dispensations we are talking about how god has worked with humanity his sovereign will moving through these times uh, and there was always grace. You know, one of the things that covenantal people want to throw at dispensational people is that, oh, you think that grace didn't arrive until such and such a date. No, we don't believe that. There's always been grace. Grace didn't suddenly get invented in Acts chapter two. I mean, God is a God of grace and we see promise. We see mercy. That is the grace of God in every one of those. So there is a there is a moving through all of these these economies of things that carry over. And so I, I just think that in our discussion, that needs to be thrown out at the beginning uh, of why this, this approach to dispensational reading and not held to some classical uh, reformed version of dispensationalism. I love it. And I think it's very good. And we are not going to get to uh, talking about the dispensations today. This is the second day that we have tried to do this and we are failing abysmally. However, God is with us. So join us tomorrow, All Things Apostolic. We're going to talk about dispensations.